KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. Welcome back to KCLR Live. You're listening to Una Nibal Downig and Brian Redmond this morning. And I hate to mention the dreaded, but schools are getting ready to get back to business, I suppose, at the end of the month. And when that happens, extracurricular sporting activities will, of course, kick off once again. Joining us this morning to talk about how we can fuel our bodies for increased activity is nutritionist to the stars, Noreen Kelly. Noreen, good morning. How are you? Oh, good morning, Una. How are you? I'm not too bad. Now, when I say nutritionist to the stars, I mean the Kilkenny stars of Hurling and Camogie, obviously. You've been a well, nutritionist <laughs> for a long, long time. Was it? Is it going back to 98? Am I right? Yes, that is right. I love when people remind me of that. Yeah. It, does that make you <laughs> yeah, feel... It's been... What's that? It doesn't make you feel older than you are because we know you're you're a young one. Noreen, well, also, of course, I started very young, Una, obviously. You did. But I suppose the reason I mention that is you know a thing or two about what we need to do to our bodies to keep them fit and to keep them, I suppose, able to do what, what we want them to do on the sporting pitch. And I'm thinking particularly about younger people as they get back into their various uh, sporting activities. What would you say are the important things to fuel ourselves with as we head into a busy time? Yeah, so, I mean, there's lots of things, but often it's just focusing on making sure that um, students, kids, or anybody doing activity um, are eating enough in terms of energy foods because, you know, there's a lot of focus on very specific nutrients, um, but one of the things we need always is energy. So coming from foods like, you know, we focus on foods that contain a lot of carbohydrate, which would be the main kind of energy um, food. So things like cereals, bread, fruit and vegetables, dairy foods. So we need to have a good, um, I suppose, frequency of those foods in our diets all the time. And a lot of snacking. So we look at very regular meals, you know, so the normal kind of breakfast, uh, lunch, dinner, but then we need to snack in between. And depending on the level of activity or when the activity is, we often will need something before bedtime. That can be a really important snack time because it could be part of the recovery and before we go to sleep. Um, and we also know that sleep is really important. So there's certain foods that, that are now shown to be aiding how we sleep and the length of sleep. So the, the, the kind of phrase is sleep hygiene. So it's the hours and all that. So they, they would be, so energy is really important. And then protein for recovery and muscle growth, etc., is also important. And one of the I suppose biggest um, things now we know about protein is we need to eat protein across the day and try and spread it out in a more, I suppose, regular um, pattern. So traditionally, we will eat, tend to eat large amounts of protein, probably with our lunchtime um, food or our meal. And then in the evening times with dinner tends to be the biggest amount of protein. Whereas now we know for all age groups that we're, we should be looking at trying to spread that out more evenly over the day. So, you know, having some protein with breakfast. Um, so protein foods would be meat, chicken, fish, eggs, um, nuts, seeds, lentils, pulses, etc. But that we should be trying to eat those a little bit more regularly through the day. And that it has been shown to really help with how we um grow and maintain our muscles um, essentially. I think that's a really interesting one because if I'm playing sport, be a camogie or hurling or whatever it might be, I tend to think that the carbs 
maybe aren't the best thing to be eating. They do give the energy, but it would seem to me that the protein is a better option there because I can still move really well, but get the the benefit. So I think that's an interesting one for students. Do you find that we sort of favour protein over carbohydrates in a way that isn't necessarily good? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, particularly in the last few years, we've seen that, um, I suppose, that switch towards really focusing on protein. So it is important. And I suppose the other thing is, like, over a number of years, and even we've mentioned how long I've been involved in dairy sport nutrition and research has you know, has really improved and has shown us and, and told us different things. So obviously the protein bit is really important for recovery, but the actual, um, the energy, um, I suppose, a contribution from carbohydrate and the way our muscles use carbohydrate as a fuel is still really important and that really hasn't changed. So it's just that I think the focus has come off carbohydrate and moved to protein and people forget that actually carbs in particular have a really important role to play so like our muscles all of the movement in our muscles all of the the energy usage in our muscle um, starts with you know obviously a lot of molecular stuff but carbohydrate is the fuel that that actually will support it and I think the other important thing is that we in order for the body to use and our muscles to use protein properly we have to get the carbohydrate and, and energy from fat there's a lot of healthy fat as well that we need to have in our diet um, but if we don't have the energy sort of balance right coming from carbohydrate, our body will use the protein we're eating for energy not for recovery or repair okay so protein yeah, so pr- like because protein has the same amount of calories per gram as carbohydrate it's four calories each so if we don't get enough carbs in or energy and your body will use the protein for energy and not for recovery so that that's also a consideration so it's very important to get the balance right um and and i suppose the rule of thumb is for people who are not and i don't suggest we have to start counting grams of protein or grams of carbs but uh, it's just to have have a good balance and a really good i suppose place to think about it is the plate of what we're actually eating so if you think about your plate for all meals particularly the the lunch and dinner um but you've got you know say a third of it should be um carbs and a third um should be protein and a third should be fruit and veg and that can change as well during the the year where you might focus more on fruit and veg half the plate um but it's just about getting the balance right and i I really don't think because I've done that I've actually divided it out exactly a third a third a third and it does not look like my typical plate I have to say it is it does tend to be carb heavy going back to the protein for a second yeah. a lot of those shakes and supplements and things like that I think have become extremely popular if you look at sales of them and is that mm-hmm. a good way to get your protein? Uh, so it can be um, we would always recommend that you get um, you, tr- you try and get your nutrients from food first. Um, now, a lot, because a lot of what's in food, you know, the protein foods, we talk about the food matrix. So, we fo- you know, you're talking about, okay, you get protein from, um, we'll say, chicken or tuna or um, meat or dairy foods or whatever it might be. Um, but as well as protein, there's all sorts of other nutrients and foods that are beneficial. So, it's really important to get that good food matrix, whereas um, a lot of the supplements will just have protein and they'll have all different types of it could be whey protein etc casein and um, so the first thing is that 
we should try and get it from food and it's possible to get everything we need from food but that depends on um, you know how big an appetite somebody has or how convenient it might be or they might be rushing from one thing to another so protein supplements can be really important to fill that gap um, but I think we should try and get it from food so for example typically um, a scoop of protein powder will have between 20 and 25 grams of protein and that could be very useful to take uh, typically they're used I suppose for recovery so you take it after um, training or exercise but actually you can get um, the same amount of protein and certainly very good quality protein from something like a chicken sandwich or a tuna sandwich or um, a high protein yogurt or protein milk with the banana and um, a sliced toast or a bagel so there's lots of different options to get protein in from foods um, but the protein powders are used a lot so I, I think it, they're probably used in cases where you could get normal food or you could get no, whatever ordinary food to um, give you the same amount of nutrition. But as I said, they do play a role and they're really useful when people are, um, as I said, busy or caught or, you know, they are, have very high requirements, which can happen. So if you've got somebody who's training a lot, so you have kids going back to school now who will be trying to cope with you know, doing the your schoolwork, so concentration is really important for that, um, and all of that. And then you've got they might be literally racing home, having some um, a snack, then going out to training, and then they come back in trying to do homework. So it's always very busy. Um, so therefore, planning is really important for that age group. Uh, but we tend to use the protein supplements, or actually recommend the protein or any supplements, indeed, um, aren't really suitable for children under sixteen. Okay. So that's the other thing. To think about as well because uh, you can be loading in a lot of extra protein that's not required um, so even though kids are very busy they just should be thinking about the, the kind of snacks that I mentioned um, as opposed to going for protein um, shakes and things they tend to be only recommended if they are required for older um, teenagers and uh, obviously adults Okay and I guess even from a convenience point of view for a parent it can be a handy way of ensuring because it's so measurable and it's just a bit easier but as you say Well this is it Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you very briefly there's so many things I'm interested in asking you but time is of the essence but I, I want to, <laughs> there are two things I want to ask you number one is can you give us like a few of the good fats and secondly I want to ask you about a good post-exercise drink I, I know I read an article that you wrote before about milk and I think you mentioned skimmed milk as being a good option so you might talk a little bit about that and the good fats before we let you go Noreen please Yes, sure. So the good fats, and this is a really important point, Una, because again, fats get derailed by a lot of things, but we need healthy fats for, for um, loads of things like hormonal balance, for energy, for providing the really important omega-3 um, fatty acids that we hear so much about from an anti-inflammatory perspective and brain health and cardiovascular health, um, and a source of fat-soluble vitamins, so vitamins A, D and E, which are incredibly important. So when we look at sources, so oily fish, be very good source of healthy fats. We've got a lot of oils like olive oil, uh, rapeseed oil, etc., avocados, uh, peanut butter, and then we have um, a lot of like flax seeds, etc. So they would be really good sources of um, healthy fats, and we should be including those. Um, so even putting in flax seeds are great. Can throw them into yogurts, can throw them into porridge in the morning. Um, so really easy to incorporate into um, our diets, and that's what we're often looking for. Um, but also oily fish we should be eating twice to three times a week so that would be your salmon sardines mackerel um, tuna etc so also try and even if you're only able to eat them once a week start with that and is increase avocado it. a good so, substitute for that oily fat 
Yes, so so avocados will, will contain um, healthy fats and they're a really good substitute. So again, something to include okay. um, as well. So it's trying to just, you know, incorporate those things. So um, that is, the, so they're very important. And then you the recovery snacks, yes, really important part of um, training. So things like just toast with banana or nut butter. Um, you could try yogurt drink with a scone, uh, low fat, um, and we say low fat purely because it means you you absorb these foods much quickly and much better if they're lower in fat. So things like creamed rice, so you know the like literally little cartons of rice pudding and fruit, um, protein milk, which is a low fat high protein milk, um, flavored milk is is also a really good um, recovery snack. Bagels with um, either cream cheese or some um, salmon on them would be really good too, or your chicken or tuna sandwich. So again, like really simple, doesn't have to be really complicated. Very important that you eat those within about a half an hour of um, finishing any exercise. Okay, super. Well, listen, loads of food for thought there, Noreen. Thank you so much for all your tips and advice. Have you recovered from the disappointing end of season um, this year? No. <laughs> okay. Well, we will let you go and we let you listen. I'm sure I'm sure better days are coming and your work with them Hopefully. and the amazing results you've had uh, speak for themselves. So we really appreciate all your advice this morning. Noreen Roach, nutritionist, giving us a little bit of advice about getting healthy snacks and recovery foods into us as we gear up to get back to school. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie.